As of this recording on April 20th, global cases of COVID-19 exceeds 2.4 million, with over 772,000 of those cases in the United States. Millions of us have been lucky to still work and learn from home, which has meant adapting to the many changes in how we communicate and collaborate. And love it or not, video may be here to stay forever, so it's time to get camera ready. I'm your host, Penny Conway, and on today's episode of Connections to Experience, we're talking with Joe McCurgy and Lane Shelton about what's here to stay and get their thoughts on what the future of video and voice looks like. Joe and Lane, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Pleasure. Excellent. Uh, Why don't we get started with Lane? You're a returning guest. So why don't we get started, Joe? Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience today? Let them know what you do and what brings you here to the podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Penny. Hi, Lane. My name is Joe Mukherjee. I have the pleasure of being the leader for the channel engineers that support the poly business for our distribution and reseller partners in America. I'm really looking forward, like you kicked off in the uh, intro, Penny, the topic that we're talking around today is really, I would say, fortuitous from a timing perspective. So much is happening in the world. The video adoption that we're seeing is just phenomenal. Lane, over to you. Lane Shelton, a returning participant. I am the vice president of our Uh, Microsoft Center of Excellence, and if you know me from past episodes, as creator of really, really bad analogies. (laughs) I mean, really, really bad acronyms. Probably analogies too, but also really bad acronyms. (laughs) I don't know, but Lane, I'm still using that personal business portable unit, you know, the renaming of the laptop. See, my acronyms are all very unique and that nobody can ever remember them. That is for sure. Well, really excited. Thank you so much, Joe and Lane, for joining today. I always like to say to our guests, you know, our new normal, next normal on the Connection to Experience podcast has had us recording digitally. And so right now, you know, we alluded to talking about video today. And in fact, all three of us are on video together recording with USB microphones, our webcams, with a soundboard. Uh, Just really showing the impeccable capability to still do business while we are not in the confinement of our four walls. And, you know, looking back at we said Lane's been on the podcast before. He's a wonderful acronym giver. But the last uh, we did back in January, it was episode 39. And it was about how to get more out of uh, Microsoft Teams and Poly uh, when it comes to collaborating within the workplace. And there was a point in that podcast podcast lane where you had said it was kind of we had like 10 minutes left of the episode and we hadn't really talked about the video piece of collaboration yet and you said I actually went back and listened and I pulled the actual quotes from you you said you know what's the role of video in all of this and what does video actually bring in that we don't have today and so I thought that would be a really great jumping off point for us considering where we were on January 28th when that episode aired to where we are today on April 20th, where it doesn't really seem questionable what the value of video is. Agree? Disagree? Necessity is the mother of invention, (laughs) right? 
It certainly is. And, you know, back in 2019, I think we were hearing from a lot of CEOs and developers around collaboration tools and video platforms that, you know, when they were asked that same question of what's the value of video, who's using video, it was all about the millennial generation and the millennial workforce and how it was ingrained and how they have been raised and how they communicate with their friends, family, and now it's an expectation of work. And again, just looking at where we are now, it's not just the millennials that are picking up on video now. I think there's really a desire to have some sort of human connection right now that video is the only tool that's bringing that to us. So, you know, Joe, what are you seeing from talking with customers about, you know, people who may never have adopted video before? Are they starting to adopt video now as a result of what's going on? Lane said it on the head, right? It's a necessity. People have a desire to stay connected, not only to their colleagues and their coworkers. My aunties and uncles who were computer illiterate six weeks ago, they're doing Zoom calls and Skype calls and got, they're all turning on their cameras, right? My wife is watching Lady Gaga doing a, a worldwide cast <laughs> on, you know, concert series. And that's how all of us are having to stay connected. So what's really interesting, what we're finding in talking to our customers and our users is it absolutely necessity in terms of making sure the workforce can continue to work. We're seeing unified collaboration requirements, video as a service. Really, I was talking to you about this before the podcast started, Penny. I've been in this industry for about 10 or 15 years thereabouts. And it's really around what you guys talked about in the last podcast. What's it going to take for everyone to mass adopt video? Mm -hmm. It's a shame. The numbers you rhymed off earlier around COVID and where the world stands is kind of heartbreaking, right? It's really right. sad. It's not a good place to be. Having said that, this is absolutely a change in how we're all going to be working together when we're on the other side. Yeah. Looking back, Justin, I think it was October, November, you know, that's when a lot of the the statistics were coming out for, you know, what to expect in 2020. And a big topic has always been remote work and what, you know, the willingness companies have to let their employees go and work from home. And before this, only about 3.2% or so of the workforce was actually remote full time with 44% of companies even being willing or 44% of companies saying, absolutely not. You know, we don't want our employees working from home. We have this office space. We have all this equipment. You know, we are designed to have people here in the office. And looking at what happened in 2019, 2020 is going to be a whole new picture, even once, you know, the dust kind of settles from all of this. Do you foresee, you know, Lane, Joe, do you foresee us even going back to the office in droves? Or do you think work from home is kind of a, a practice that's going to stick around? I, you know, I think the goalpost moved. I don't think it's going to be, you know, there's benefits to the office and there's benefits to working from home. I've always been an office person, right? Like I, I've worked from home at a couple of points in my career. You know, I liked it for the first month and then I went crazy and hated it. So, and went back to the office both times. But that's just me. But at the same time, so I thought, oh, no, you know, but I've actually, you know, I've actually been able to be just fine working from home um, over a month now. And not only that, but I can easily see myself now in a hybrid role where I, man, so many good things in my life and career happened at that water cooler because somebody was somewhere and I happened to be in the same place and, you know, some an idea spun up or 
I think you don't want to diminish the value of unscheduled impromptu water cooler collaboration. Like that's still a, but I think there's, like I said, the goalpost has moved in my mind. Now I don't see myself ever going back to a five day a week, you know, rigid schedule like I had for the last 25 years of my life. Like I don't see that happening. I think I'm much more comfortable because I found a new way to work. I found that there's for me, the cost and the cost benefit equation has changed in terms of, especially pertaining to video because we like a lot of people operated on an assumption that you know that an in-person meeting is worth waiting for right for x y and z whatever those x y's and z's were and what we found is since our arms were twisted and we were forced to have those same meetings remotely now i'm starting to wonder how much opportunity i let slide by how much money i left on the table because i was making those assumptions that this type of thing had to be done in person whereas now i know you know, it doesn't, not that it doesn't, not that it's not great when it's in person or maybe even better, but like I said, the cost benefit equation has changed. I'm going to think a lot harder about where I spend my time in person. And that's going to be much more focused on quality and, you know, return on the investment of that time. Whereas before it was just kind of a given that if it was X, Y, or Z, a video enabled call would not suffice. And now we know that that's, you know, it's not as true as it was before, you know, and that's going to change. I think it's going to become a, a sort of a hybrid world, right? We got to find the balance. Okay. We just went from one extreme to the next. Now, where is the truth in the middle? I think whole new ways of thinking about this that we can't even think of right now are just on the cusp of being created, being invented. They're being invented right now. Right. Work. I want to jump in here, Penny, yeah, if I go could. Ahead, please. As far as going back to work, what I'm hearing from customers and the like is, it's going to be a staged approach. It's going to be a slow return. It's not going to be en masse. However, the other kind of interesting paradigm that's coming up to the surface, you may have seen a Gartner report that was released earlier in April where they're talking about 75% of CIOs are strongly considering how many employees they actively bring back to the mm. workplace. And further to that, it's kind of sounding like what my customers are telling us is they'll do, say, for example, marketing on Tuesdays and sales ops on Thursdays yeah. and HR on Wednesdays. So it'll be it, the intention of keeping that team spirit, that water cooler talk that Lane referred to, we all need that physical contact, but make no mistake, video is legit, right? It's on, yeah. it's real. We have no choice. This right. is the way that we have to turn on our cameras to get eyeball time. Right. And I've been working out of my home office for the better part of seven years. I'm old hat at this. <laughs> but I got to be honest with you, I am kind of getting cabin fever because I was three days out of the office and the other two days I was out and about meeting customers, meeting partners and having an ability to have a real conversation that video can't replace. Let's be honest. That being said, the availability of my suppliers, my partners, my customers, listen, we're all stuck at home. I'm getting meetings now virtually at the drop of a hat where I used to have to be waiting on someone's agenda to get slotted into a calendar. Right. I got to tell you, the agility on being able to make decisions when we're working from home, I'm not commuting. I'm up at 8 a.m. I'm shutting down at 6 p.m. Right. The company's probably getting more time from me if I were yep. working out of the office, to be honest with you. Right. And I feel like I'm more connected I'm doing calls with colleagues in California and Chicago and Denver, one after the other, right? Just clicking a button. 
So the way that we're able to make decisions is very different than it was a couple of weeks ago. That's a, yeah, that's a great point about like the agility and the availability. And, and obviously some of that will, will fade as, you know, we see the phasing of, of our, our next normal here, but the willingness that people have right now to just get on a call where it's not this massive shift of an entire day in order to get you know, a meeting slotted in or I'm going, you know, I've got this appointment in Boston or I'm flying out to Philly or I'm, I'm at a conference for five days in California that made it so one made our schedules so full and so hectic, but also made our like added this strain to our our schedules and our life and, and all of that stuff that now we're seeing the benefit of, you know, that maybe that meeting couldn't be an email, but maybe that meeting can actually just be a quick video chat that we hop on for 20 minutes, you know, air out what we need to air out, figure out what we need to figure out and then go about our day. And we can actually action on what we just did instead of having a five hour precursor and a debrief after an in-person engagement like that. You know, it's in some ways it's, it's even, I kind of like the fact that it's kind of made everybody a little bit more chill about these types of meetings because we're all working from home. So if the dog starts barking or the cat runs across the keyboard, you know, everybody has a good laugh. There's no more of those like awkward silences <laughs> that you usually get because, oh my God, this is a customer meeting. You know, because like even look at the news, like when was the last time you saw a newscast that didn't have some kind of technical hiccup because they got too many right. people connected from home? And you know what? You still watch the news. You just kind of you just kind of get used to it. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe we're all a little bit a little bit more mellow about in these conversations where it doesn't have to be, per, you know, we're not trying to live up to the dynamic of it on of a face to face. It's like we're all in our basements or wherever we're at, you know. My only wish is that they would get really good at, I know Microsoft Teams recently, we got that update where we you can do your custom screen behind you. Because oh, yes. I, I don't necessarily want everybody seeing my 1970s, you know, <laughs> vintage bar room with the, with the with that and, you know, all this and, and <laughs> keeping my head in front of my liquor bars. Because if I did that, then <laughs> half the people would be like, you must be drinking on the job. And the other half would be like, your liquor supply sucks. Look at that. You've only got five bottles. <laughs> so, you know, I got to... So it'd be nice to be able to kind of brand this space right, creatively, right. like like make it part of the, you know, make it part of the experience. And I, I know it's like things like that that they, we haven't even thought of yet, but I can't wait to see where yeah, it's actually, the technology it's actually takes us. In my team's client lane, maybe the preview turned on, so I'm able to change backgrounds. It's available in many other applications as well. Talking about teams, you know, it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, customers were slowly embracing teams, mm -hmm. right? They were on yeah. a journey, right? It was all around plan and change management and lighting up different departments. Getting in a, a focus group together and all oh that my God. stuff. <laughs> and, and now we're just getting phone calls. How many cameras can you send me? Yeah. How many headsets can you send me? Giddy up, we got to get going, Yeah. right? And so the adoption of teams has been unbelievable. I mean, it's not just about teams. That's one of the you know, leading applications in the space, maybe one or two, depending on where you stand in the world, right? But what's really interesting when I'm a user of Teams and I've been using it for the better part of a year and a half, it's so easy, like you were saying earlier, I'm in an IM chat with a colleague of mine, we're co-authoring a document, now I need to have a quick conversation with you. We'll light up a camera, we'll have a chat. It just feels so natural. I'm not hopping in and out of different applications. It's just one place for me to be able to focus. That's why I think teams really have a leg up on the competition. 
I went nine days. I, I was timing it nine days before I had to use my cell phone in, oh, wow. <laughs> a, in a business conversation. And that's having multiple calls with customers, with internal. I mean, I for business purposes, I didn't touch my cell phone for nine days straight because I did it all on my laptop in Teams. I do have to say that's been a similar experience for me. You know, I, I walk around with my personal phone. I have my work cell phone. When I was in the office, I had my desk phone. And it was almost really annoying that there were three ways that I had to dial out or wait for an incoming call. And it's all coming through my computer now. I haven't counted. I should probably do a count of how long it's been since I've used my cell phone. But Joe, I, I think, you know, Teams is definitely not the only one, but certainly a front runner and, a you know, a real modest growth here. <laughs> As of March 18th, Microsoft Teams was noted to have 44 million active daily users, which was up from 12 million. So I think we all, you know, have, I think, this underlying Microsoft ecosystem in some form or fashion within our companies, large and small, within school districts and all of that. But we've seen exactly what you said, the, you know, we're not going to have this slow, like trickle effect. It's more of we we need it now and we have it. So please turn it on and make it accessible for all of us to use. And it's been really incredible how fast. So it's one thing to say you have 44 million subscribers, but this is from what I understand, 44 million daily active users on the platform, yeah. which is 44 million subscribers. Then half of them are new from yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. And I think, like you were just saying, Lane, the, the changes that they're implementing to accommodate for, you know, so people aren't showing their bot. Like in my background, I have a crib with two dinosaurs on the wall. Joe, look, you look super professional. It's like you could be broadcasting from your office. And Lane, you gave us a nice description of yours. But it's going to be incredible. We always think technology is moving fast. And I think we are going to see in the, the video conferencing world, like an acceleration over these next few months in development that we've never even thought could take place in such a short amount well, of time. And that's always been what Microsoft does best. Like if I had to say, you know, I've been a, doing business with Microsoft for 25 years. And if I had to say like what I think defines them is they build platforms, right? They build a platform. Windows was a personal computing platform, SharePoint platform, Teams platform. They build this thing and then they have this huge ecosystem of partners like Poly that can take that platform. And then, you know, if they want to change this or they want to make something to do, you know, something for a specific industry. But Microsoft has always been so good at building the platforms that let us go and then figure out what to do with them. And I think Teams is, I, can you imagine the opportunity if you, you know, if you were a, an application developer, you were for building, you know, customizing, for building add-ons, for building solutions that plug into this, this huge ecosystem. Microsoft's always been at their best because, you know, when they're building a platform like Teams. Yeah, absolutely. What's really cool about some of the Teams narrative you might be seeing in media recently is they're really hyping up their layers of security. And this might be at the expense of one of their competitors who've recently suffered some, shall we say, bloody nose <laughs> and uh, black eyes in the market. But it's safe to say, you know, you've seen the government in the US lighting up 365 licenses and they're going teams full steam ahead. It's amazing how much Teams is being adopted. And what we're hearing a lot of customers ask us for is great. We're using this application when we're at home. We're planning ahead to return to the office. 
how do we get that same experience that my users are consuming at their home office right. and replicate that so it becomes that simple, mm. that easy, that's, you know, collaborative environment. Ditch all the stuff I invested in 15 years ago that never was really used. This is what I'm looking for. Do you guys see the same thing? Yeah, it would never happen in our environment, but I could see a lot of places coming back into their workspace and say, let's clear everything. Let's, you know, we've seen over the past few months that all you need is a laptop with your built-in webcam, with your microphone and maybe a portable USB microphone or whatever you need. Like, I don't need all of this equipment in order to function. And I think that that, you know, could essentially, even if we go back into the workplace, I think like you were saying, Joe, it's a redesign of the workplace. It's not, you Mm -hmm. know, looking at statistics from last year. And of course, everyone can throw out, Rob likes to joke that I'm a, I like to throw out statistics all the time. But in surveys done in 2018 and 2019, employees were saying that they spent 50 to 60% of their time away from their desk. They were either in meetings, they were traveling They were, if say you're supporting a sales floor, you're out on a sales floor, you're not sitting at your desk. And so I think all of these, you know, sort of the lead up to how people were working and then sort of this very abrupt stop to being in our homes and working is going to change the vision moving forward of how we look at equipment, how we acquire equipment and what we're looking for in that equipment. I'm going to now be more likely to find things that are more all in one than having a million parts and pieces. Like even looking at my desk, I would never want to travel with all of this stuff. (laughs) Right. I could have a condensed version of it that gets me everything I need and connects me to everyone that I need to be connected to in in a moment's notice. I have to think too that some of the peace of mind you get, at least with the Microsoft ecosystem on that security front is when you're in a position where you have to be agile, you've got to fly by the seat of your pants and you've got to make decisions on the fly and and you're setting things up. You don't have time to dot every I or and cross every T. You know, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And when all that is said and done, when you see like the ease at which it is to implement those those security elements within that M365 ecosystem, that lends itself very well to that, you know, that nice achievable balance of agility versus security. I think Microsoft really struck that balance well. And that's why, you know, you're seeing the the numbers that you're seeing because it's the, you know, does teams do everything perfectly? No. Does it still do things that annoy me sometimes? Sure. <laughs> so does every platform, right. you know, every platform is going to have its good. It's good. You kind of just got to pick one and roll with it. And if you hit a, you know, if you hit a snag, you, you come up with a workaround, you adjust your process even. Like there's a, you know, a give and take with the technology. And I feel like there's more flexibility in the Microsoft ecosystem with a security wrapper that is there, like just waiting to be turned on. And in some cases turned on by default that drives that agility, you know, with the maximum amount of safety that you can have under the trying circumstances. Yeah, talking about sort of security and a quick rollout. Now, anyone who kind of maybe does business with Microsoft or is a reseller or does any reading around the federal government knows that the DOD has a an enterprise agreement with Microsoft and that they have a Office 365 ecosystem and they have teams with multiple levels of security clearance in terms of what you can share and what you can't share on the platform. And, you know, during this remote work period, 
period, they're actually setting up a ecosystem within the ecosystem that can have about 4 million users will have access to it in the DOD. And it's just what Joe was saying, like an easy way to collaborate back and forth. I can do it from my, my mobile phone. I can do it from my laptop. It can be quick. I can share information. And again, that platform within the platform is set up for them to only be able to share things that would be public information. So it has a a level of security clearance where they're not, you know, nervous about something being leaked that shouldn't be. But just the, the sheer capacity to be able to set up these two environments to so quickly adapt to what we're going through so people can have that agility on the go. You know, maybe you guys see something different, but I don't see that kind of stuff going away. I couldn't imagine we're all back in the office and them going, okay, we're just going to pull that. We don't need that anymore. Like forget every conversation or chat or project you were working on in that tiny ecosystem. We're just going to get rid of it for you. Do you see this stuff sticking around or do you see this as more of a temporary, you know, implementation of things that will eventually subside once, you know, we have maybe even a phased approach of going back into the office. And this is purely opinion based. So purely opinion based. I think it's going to it's going (laughs) to depend on how effective the hackers have been, you know, while we're all, you know, scrambling, trying to just trying to get our jobs done. You know, they have to. Right. Right. And so I I guess we're just going to have to see is there an uptick or are there going to be some some high profile you know high profile exploits are there some of those could i think dampen the enthusiasm a little bit but i I just don't see i feel like we've moved the goalpost and i don't feel like the goalpost is going back to where it was i think we you know when we're through the tragedy of this and we're on the other side of this i think we're going to find we have more options we have more flexibility you know I, i think we'll have a better a better user experience as workers you know, because of the changes that are happening, you know, right now that will stick. Not all of them will stick. And there's still some surprises probably down the road that we're, you know, we can't even think of yet. But I I don't think we're going back to, I think this is, you know, the new normal in some ways is going to be an improvement over the old. As a user of technology, I got to be honest with you, the concept of security and file shares, and I worry about it, but kind of on the back burner side, I'm more focused on what I need to achieve. It gives me a lot of confidence that an organization with the breadth and depth like a Microsoft have the right people to make sure that, you know, someone's looking after the company secrets, so to speak. <laughs> but I want to circle back to something you said earlier. For me, the transformation is really what Microsoft has been talking about for the better part of two years. Probably stealing a line here. I'm sure they won't mind modern workplace, right? You guys heard that terminology before. There's three kind of pillars of modern workplaces, any place, any device on any application. Here we are. Yep. Truly and frankly, right? So when we go back to work, can we go back to that way of work? I'm going to be challenged if someone took those tools away from me. I don't know that I'd be able to be as productive as I am today because I can do everything where I need to do in one spot. Like Lane said, he hasn't touched his cell phone in what you say, nine days? Nine days. Right. (laughs) This is the way we're going to be functioning, I believe, going forward. And the premise being any place, any device, any application. And kind of going back to the user experience, that's where I think one leapfrogs the other. Security is, you know, a moving target. There's always going to be exploits. Someone's going to find a hack. Someone's going to have to patch. But where Teams is really, really neat, you may have experienced this. You wake up on Tuesday morning and you've got a feature you didn't know you had Monday night. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. I can pop out chats and virtual backgrounds are starting to appear. Here's a new one I just saw. Teams is going to have, you know, today it's a two by two. So you see a maximum of four people and everybody's kind of a thumbnail, right? They're going to a nine person view imminently. It's in preview now. So those cloud services allow our customers to iterate and get new features turned on without having a massive capital expense of managing servers and data farms and so on. Well, it's and connected remember how disruptive an upgrade used to be? Like you, I mean, you had to, you, you know, they, I haven't even stopped to think like how much office has changed since I started, you know, using the, the, on the service version, right? The office 365 version of office where you get the updates pushed out. It hit me the other day, boy, it's changed a lot. It was when they changed the search ribbon and outlook. And I'm like, man, this whole, this thing looks a lot different than it used to, but I didn't notice it. And I never felt it. I didn't have to stop and like take a productivity hit, relearn everything. You're absolutely right. These little, these little incremental changes that are almost invisible. I think made me think about the days of the monolithic upgrade. And I'm glad those days are over. <laughs> I'm very glad those days are over. So because they can, they can make changes, little tweaks here and there that improve the quality as you go. And, you know, and, and you, we can absorb them at a pace that doesn't slow us down as, as users. That was a good point. You're right. That's a big plus in the modern workplace is you're always kind of taking it to the next level. But a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's awesome. You know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, through the progression of this, when, like Lane, you said, when we're sort of on the other side of it, you know, those enterprises and those schools and universities and, you know, federal entities that kind of had this resistance to a unified communications as a service or software as a service sort of viewpoint, they were very hesitant to kind of move to that model what their experience was with that quick rollout, maybe their expectations, you know, they had low expectations or expectation for a high frustration level, but maybe have noticed how more seamless it is. And their those cloud updates are coming and, you know, their users are getting more and more features and being able to, you know, what they're doing daily is adding to the data that go into that, those upgrades and changes. It'll be interesting to see what the perception of an adoption of technology like this is considering so many were slow to adopt before we were in this situation. Yep. Agreed. We covered a lot. I think a lot of this is clearly a bit of guesswork on what's to come, what sticks around. Personally, I think there's, you know, maybe we kind of do a little round robin here to close on what our, we hope sticks around and we hope comes back, you know, over, you know, throughout 2020. Lane, you said, you know, sort of the everyone having maybe a cat walk across their desk or, you know, a kid walk by them in the background. We were talking about the clip from years ago when the kid came in during a news report on on a Skype video and it was all the rage and now it's our normal. That's one of those things that I hope sticks around is that you've got sort of a sneak peek into people's lives that you work with. It makes everyone seem a little bit more human. The guards let down a little bit. And I think that this has created more of an opportunity for people to have relationships with their customers, their partners, and their coworkers than they ever had before. I really hope that sticks around. Something I hope isn't here to stay is that I can only meet with people virtually. I do hope to have those water cooler conversations again, like you alluded to, Lane. So, Joe, what do you hope uh, stays and what do you hope goes after this? So one of the uh, 
shining lights in my experience in the last couple of weeks. I feel really connected to my family, to be honest with you. My kids are here. We're doing puzzles together. We're watching movies together, popping popcorn together. I used to talk to my mom for about 30 seconds every other week. And now it turns out to be a half an hour conversation every day, frankly speaking, right? So the connectivity of human beings in this time of world challenges, I hope that stays on the side that I hope that we turn to, I'm looking forward to sports, Penny. I tell you, I'm itching. <laughs> you know, I'm NBA, NHL, MLB free, and oh, I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> On a work front, though, what I'm really looking forward to is, I got to tell you, the company I work for and the solutions that we make that cover Teams devices that are personal in nature, collaboration in nature, we're on the cusp of really riding this storm alongside our friends at Connections. This is going to be a great year for us as we work through this and come together. UC is here to stay. Video is here to stay. We're going to drive through this in such a way that the way the corporate behaviors are going to be different, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And Lane, what do you hope sticks around and what do you hope goes away? Well, I feel like the quality of all of my conversations and meetings, you know, because of the sudden move to this platform have, have gone up. Like, I, I hope that quality, that, that increased connectivity, you know, connectedness with not just, like you said, not just with colleagues and, and coworkers, but with, you know, with family and friends as well. Uh, I feel like that the overall quality of those relationships has gone up because of the, you know, through this technology. What I'm looking forward to is hoping that when we get back to, you know, real human to human interaction, we can somehow figure out how to upgrade that quality too. Mm. like that. I'm hoping that there's a new there's a new appreciation for it, maybe a new reverence for it, maybe, you know, some measurable impact on, you know, it may not not only did this quality go up, but when we get back that that will look at at that in person differently as well and that that sticks around. And of course, what I'm really looking forward to is the return of toilet paper. <laughs> because I was not well supplied when this thing started. And I've been faithfully going to all my local stores and faithfully still not finding any toilet paper. And I really wish maybe Microsoft could take over the toilet paper industry or something. <laughs> like, can, they, can, we figure out, can they figure out how to, how to connect us to toilet paper? That would really help. <laughs> Well, I could, not, I could not imagine a better place to end. <laughs> so if you are out there and you are, chances are you have deployed some sort of communication, collaboration, video, audio uh, conferencing solution. And if you need support doing that specifically uh, with Microsoft Teams and Poly, we have a great team here at Connection that can help you do that. Please visit us at www.connection.com or give your account manager a call. They are actually all still calling out and waiting for your call. So we are here to help you. And on whatever platform you're listening to us on today, please remember to like, share, and follow. You can also email us at podcast at connection.com if you'd like to share your story of how you are staying connected with audio and video conferencing. Lane, Joe, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Let's uh, cheers to the new normal and cheers to sports coming back one day is what I say. <laughs> Right Amen. on. Thanks so much, guys. Awesome. Thank Bye, y'all.